Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am talking with Al Pierce, CEO and founder of Infinity Clean. Al, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Pleasure to be here, Roy. Thank you so much. So you have a new revolutionary breakthrough in floor cleaning, which I know people are going to be super excited for just given the, the world and the state that we're in right now. So the Infinity Cleaner is set to launch here on Kickstarter very quickly. It will replace the need to handle all those dirty Swiffer cleaning plat- pads and everything else that needs to you know be cleaned with all the dirt that's out there these days. So really excited to kind of hear a little bit about your background and what inspired you to create the Infinity Cleaner. Oh, wow. Um if, if I was uh, still 22, uh, my, the, the background explanation would be much shorter. But um, I originally was an entrepreneur from a very early age, and I started uh, traveling actually to China in the uh, mid-80s. And was originally involved in uh, sporting goods and designed a number of patents and protective equipment and did that for a couple of decades and had a blast doing that. And it just got under my skin to be an entrepreneur and, and loved that and traveled uh, throughout the United States and selling products to NFL teams, and colleges and retail stores. Then later, much later in life, while cleaning my, my own house, had a couple of dogs that were always shedding too much as anybody with a dog might understand and was using a, a product, a Swiffer product to clean the floor. And I just, I don't know, I was always one of those people that if you drank water from my glass, I'd kind of go up and get a new glass until I had a bunch of kids later in life and change that theory. But I didn't, I really didn't like touching those dirty, slimy pads and, and using it to clean a floor to have to stop in the middle of the floor and kind of tiptoe around a wet spot on the floor and go back and have to reload another one. And I was just thinking, man, there, there had to be a better way. And one day while using it, 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 it popped in. I think I grabbed a paper towel to wipe something off the floor. And I was like, hmm, paper towel doesn't come with one sheet, comes in a long roll. There's got to be a way to put that concept on a quick cleaning mop. And that's really what were the idea for the Infinity Cleaner. So when you were creating the Infinity Cleaner, what was that process like? Like, how did you go about deciding what features to include, what to patent, how to design it, et cetera? Yeah, great question. Thank you. It's the, the process was a lot of doodling, a lot, a lot, a lot of drawing. Fortunately, uh, my son is uh, an architect in, by trade and uh, a designer as well, and he was great to, to, to bounce ideas off of and how it might work. And because of my prior business experience, being able to now work in the modern day with uh, 
AutoCAD and, and, and 3D modeling, we worked uh, out with uh, some people that I knew from overseas and kind of said, look, I, I've got this quirky idea. We just think it's going to be so much easier to use. Um, where do we start? Where do we go? Who are the best people to manufacture this type of thing? And actually, it took us almost two years to do the design drawings, do the 3D modeling, test it out and go, geez, that wasn't working. That That's too difficult to use. Or this is a problem. Or it was too big and too bulky and too heavy. Or it was kind of like a, the first couple of ones were like a tissue box that were uh, with a with a mop stick on the top of it, and it kept toppling over. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this you know is this ever going to work?" And um, through a lot of trial and tribulation and three D modeling, to use the engineers and, and the staff and our knowledge and consumer feedback about what would work and what wouldn't work, it was a very extensive process and uh, took us a long time to to work out the bugs, and um, eventually. We, you know, finished the, the prototype and at the point of, you know, launching this thing is where we're at today. So what were some of those challenges that you've encountered along the way when designing and getting the product manufactured? Um, it, it, it was much longer uh, than I had ever experienced before in sporting goods work, or even if you had to make a mold, if you're familiar with, if people are familiar with that, when you make a, a plastic product, there's a, there's a, you start out with a, a steel mold. Uh, that has a plastic pellet that becomes a liquid form and you pour it into the mold and then you, you know, have a, a 3D model or an actual finished higher quality mold that produces many thousands of, of product. So initially when you do 3D modeling again, making those different parts and having them work, this is much more complicated than the Swiffer and some other products uh, because of the internal gearing system with the cleaning cartridge system. And the, um, the, the process made up uh, 32 molds to make this one product, the Infinity Cleaner, when the average mop might have 10 to 15 molds involved with the different smaller component parts to the handle and so forth. But just the plastic molds on this stuff uh, came to 32 molds. So... Uh, paid for those dearly through time and and uh, remaking them and having ideas that worked and ideas that didn't work and working out the bugs. That was um, that was a a lot of trial and error. So, what made you decide that Kickstarter and crowdfunding was the right means to launch this product out into the world? You know, we we did a, a small test market survey, uh, independent in in malls. And we were able to do that in Philadelphia and Dallas and Los Angeles. And it was amazing, the feedback. We, we were not involved, but when we got the feedback and the reports and the testimony from people, that was really encouraging and enlightening that, you know, the end user is the best person for this thing to, to say how that works, whether it winds up selling at Walmart or Kroger or different uh, retail outlets. The end consumers is the best feedback to get. And I think Kickstarter is a great way of getting that feedback and that response from people about, you know, something new. So we always talk a lot about on the show, you know, how important the month or two leading up to the launch is. So what have you been doing on the background to get the campaign ready in a position to, you know, overfund once it launches? Um, one of the neat things we were able to do in, in today's environment and world was, 
was to work on the COVID-19 product, the floor cleaner. We, we developed a new floor cleaner we called the ultimate floor cleaner. And this actually will help eliminate COVID-19 if it happens to be on your floor, um, right? One of the things we learned that one of the dirtiest spots in the entire house is around your bathroom and around the toilet, obviously in the bathroom and all the germs that come off the bottom of our shoes and so forth. So uh, the inspiration and in trying to tackle this problem that we're all facing right now, we thought, wow, what a, what a better way of, of introducing a new product line than this new infinity cleaner where you don't have to touch those single use pads. Uh, you don't have to deal with that frustration. You ever have to touch it again. You can just turn a dial easy to operate and use this new ultimate floor cleaner with the insurance assurance that you wind up eliminating any kind of bacterial and germs that are in your floor. And now we also make regular floor cleaners that are scented lavender and lemon and an unscented version as well for people that want to use that. But um, that's, I think, one of the things that kind of we, we've done in the last couple of months, two, three months prior to, to really launching here. And then the other thing was advertising and getting the feedback uh, initially to ramp up for a launch with consumers and our Facebook page and, um, re you know, reaching out to people, telling them this is coming. That's some of the things we've been doing. So Al, you've been working with us here at Inventus Partners for a while now. What were some of the considerations you looked into when choosing an agency to partner with on this launch? We, we looked at the Kickstarter, um, advertising companies, a series of a number of them that had worked and been around for a while. And I'd always believe in, you know, going to see people face to face. And so I quickly jumped on a plane and ran down to your main offices there and was just thoroughly impressed with your team, the staff, the layout, was just the right creative environment. And then seeing all the successful campaigns you had prior to this, it was just a, a no-brainer to go with you guys. And like I say, we really have been impressed with your work and your team and the resources that you have. You know, one of my bright arms, uh, Robin Heinzer, has uh, worked with me for years. And she noticed that the first time that we reviewed one of the uh, scripts and writing and just uh, uh, the early stages when we were working with Ventus and I think it was a five or seven pages long, just going through all the data that we had given you and your team regurgitated it in a nice flow and organized it. And I think I made like four or five corrections out of the, you know, five or seven pages that were there. And when we got off the phone, Robin couldn't believe that I'd only had that few many corrections we're typically um, famous for having 10 on a single page, at least, or let alone an email to correct five or 10 places. Uh, so as critical as I am and, and pay attention to the fine details, which I think, you know, helps me be able to do these different kind of creations like the Infinity Cleaner, having only to do that few adjustments was speaking volumes to your team's experience on knowing what to do and how to handle different products and, and the wealth of information that you guys have uh, at your fingertips uh, from these experiences and a variety of different products um, that really, you know, closed the deal. Oh, that's great to hear. What, um, given this would be your first campaign, what are some of the takeaways that you've learned so far 
in terms of process on launching on Kickstarter, even though the campaign hasn't launched yet, what are some of the surprises that have jumped out on you in terms of, you know, the amount of work that goes into these campaigns getting launched successfully? One of the first things that really jumped out to me was your, your skill sets with advertising, particularly online, um, critical in today's world. What's happened in the last couple of months uh, from talking with friends that are selling and distributing and just some of the statistics, uh, it's unprecedented the things that have sold online these last two, three months when everybody's on lockdown. Uh, obviously, you can't go out to a retail store, but the, the, the amount of volume that's sold online has just been mind-boggling. And some of the, even the, the, the factories overseas, the amount that they have sold online, you're told me three and four times higher than what they've you know, done uh, typically before that. I'm going to pause here for a second and ask you to repeat that again, because I lost my train of thought with the second part that I was going to bring up when I started thinking about the, uh, the amount of volume that the people sold. So yeah, here, I was just, just diving in, in terms of, you know, what's been something that you've learned throughout the whole process, you know, okay, before okay, you okay. actually launch the campaign. Right. Get back to the advertising point. So, you know, one of the main things was um, your advertising expertise online. And we had done some preliminary advertising online. Uh, and when we looked at the cost per click, it was coming in at about $1.50 to $2 uh, for some of the things that we had placed. And when we came to your team, and said, okay, take over the advertising online and Facebook and Google and what have you. The cost per click for those leads came down to something like 35 cents, I think was the average, some were a little higher with more complicated uh, information that people had to fill out and some came into the 20s. So I think the average is about 30 some odd cents, uh, 40 cents in that range. And that just flabbergasted me about the complexities that are out there with knowing where and how to circumvent the, those, those fields to draw out the best information. That was one of the biggest things I learned about your expertise and people that, that do that kind of work. And uh, the importance of that, you know, was critical to, to making and breaking something, at least it would appear that, that way to me at the, at the present time, that, um, you know, those, those costs, reducing those costs and reaching the greatest amount of people that you could do uh, it's certainly a science to, to reach online. Absolutely. Well, Al, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Are you good to go? <laughs> yes, sir. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Wow. Um, first thing that comes to mind, I, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I can remember in college saying, I'm going to do my own business one day. And I just, it was always bred to me. It was just a drive. It's a drive. I, I don't remember not thinking like that. Uh, always knew. So if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have coffee with? Oh my God. I, I would, Albert Einstein would have been the first guy. I would, if I could understand a half of 1% of what he understood, love to have. What, a, <laughs> what would have been your first question for Einstein? <laughs> Explain to me your theory of relativ relativity, and how do we how do we consider um, time travel and, and that he covered in, in, in the essence of where are we today, where's the past, and where's the future? Is it all the same, and or is there or the differences that we see in front of us, like we see our hand? I'm sure he had 
some great insights into those basic questions. Absolutely. Uh, Any business book or life book that you'd recommend to our listeners? Uh, I've got a couple of some some friends. I'm I'm not an avid reader. I I work so many hours, but um, I I tell you, if you're an entrepreneur, it feels like you're always selling something. Uh, I remember reading some great books on a number of great sellers through time. Uh, The Art of Selling Anything. Um, I think it was Tom Hopkins. He's still doing it today, but just sales books were fantastic for me. Because no matter if you're an accountant or a lawyer or a relationship, it seems like you're always selling something. You're selling yourself, uh, selling a product, and understanding how the communication works best between people. Other great books, I've always read a lot of uh, Tony Robbins' uh, work book. I, I believe in always that self-analysis, how to work. Some, some people have inspired me and suggested, you know, Blink. This is one of the, the books to read that, you know, it's the power of thinking without having to think uh, for business. That's also a, a great author that has a whole series of books that uh, I understand are inspirational to some of, some of my friends. Absolutely. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Wow. I believe this is a catalyst for me at this stage in my life with a couple of other projects that I'm launching and most important to me is term limits for these United States. I believe that um, I will, before I leave and check out, definitely be working on bringing term limits to this country for Congress and senators. That's where I see myself in five years. Interesting. Last question in the launch round. And I know you haven't launched the campaign yet, but interested to get your insights nonetheless of what does the future of crowdfunding look like to you? It'll be more and more um, online crowdfunding, business participation, stock ownership through crowdfunding, selling much more online than have we reached that balance yet between online Crowdfunding and brick and mortar businesses, I don't think so. We'll always need both. And certainly we all know that online keeps continuing to grow. Absolutely. Well, Al, this has been awesome. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check you out. Thank you very much, Roy. I really appreciate the opportunity to discuss these things with you. And thanks for your time. Certainly. Uh, well, the Infinity Cleaner is going to be launching soon, likely when this podcast goes live, so make sure to check that out. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign, and everything we talked about today. And, of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Product Hype. Al Pierce, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. You're welcome. Thank you again, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. 
Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.